Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our first scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew in the fifth chapter, verses 5 through 12. But before we read scripture, let us pray. Gracious God, as we prepare to hear your word on this Easter Sunday, still our hearts. Still them so that we might be prepared to receive your word. Still them so that we would, in these words, hear your call to us. Still them so that we would then have the courage to go out into this world, responding to that word with love and kindness and grace and wisdom. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Then Jesus began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. A reading from Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come and see the the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them, and he said greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, 
Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. After the chief priests had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You must say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Amen. So I was teaching my kid brother to throw a baseball. He had a lot to learn. But I was a kind and caring elder brother. I could be patient with these things. We, we had half dozen baseballs in the front yards. He'd pick one up. He'd throw it to me, but of course it was thrown wildly to the side. The next one bounced in the grass. A couple he threw completely over my head, bounced in the street and over into the Van Arsdale's yard. My glove was safe from harm. When he had thrown away all the baseballs, we went to retrieve them. I found one in the shrubbery in front of the Van Arsdale's house. He found one by the pine tree. He decided to throw that one again. Hey, Tom, catch, he said. I turned and looked, and as if he were possessed by the spirit of someone with an actual throwing arm, this ball came straight and hard and fast right at my face. I ducked. It's the only reasonable thing to do when an unexpected baseball is coming at your nose. I didn't think about it until I heard it. The Right behind me, as I was in the shrubbery, right behind me was a huge picture window of the Van Arsdale's living room. The baseball was now in the Van Arsdale's living room. I looked at my brother and I said, buddy, it's time to go talk to mama. How I ended up being the one in trouble that day is still something of a mystery to me. My, my brother spun some fiction. He told our mom that I had teased him. You can't throw a baseball for anything, he said. I said, but you know me. I would never do such a thing. But because the world in which we live is filled with mystery, my mother chose to believe the baby rather than her firstborn, and I spent the next two weeks in timeout and the next two months' allowance contributing to a new picture window in the Van Arsdale's living room. Even today, if you ask my brother about that afternoon, he will continue to narrate the fiction that I had something to do with the broken window. It's not uncommon for there to be multiple stories to explain certain things in the world, even a summer fiction. We have to determine which story is true, which story will shape our living. There's more than one story about the empty tomb. One explanation is that Jesus' disciples stole his body in the dead of night. Death is death, accepted. There is a limit to what God will do. Jesus was crucified, and the powers of this world won. That's one story. There's another story. 
It was first told by the angels and then by the women that the love of God can't bear to stay away. Just as God chose to take on skin and be born in Bethlehem because God desired to live where we live, the risen Christ returns. Even after our world responds to God's radical love with violence and death, God chooses to come back. God refuses to let love die. This day on Easter, we are reminded the importance of deciding which story we will trust, which story will shape our living. Several years ago now, my friend Fahed Abu Akel, he's a Palestinian Christian, born in Galilee, now has lived in the States all of his adult life. Fahed took me back to the place of his birth. We traveled all over Israel, Palestine, including a spot that's reported to be the tomb of Jesus, now empty. So here's the truth. I'm not really convinced it's the place. It doesn't really matter because there was a place. There was a tomb, now empty, where Jesus was resurrected. All of the early church testimony is that the risen Christ appeared to them. It's become important to me over time to realize that God didn't just take Jesus to heaven. No, resurrection was an earthly occurrence. It was a historical event. Resurrection happened where we live in this world. Resurrection means that there is life beyond the grave. But if I understand the text, it first means Jesus is alive here in this world. And if that is true, if that is true, we ought to be able to see him here. But as I said, there are multiple stories of this day, and both have their point. It doesn't often seem that we live in an Easter world, but rather a Good Friday world, a world where death rules, where injustice wins, and a lack of meaning exists for so many lives. I talked with my friend Jim this week. Jim was running errands. He was dropping a package at UPS and then going to the grocery store. He was in the parking lot when he heard gunshots. He is fine physically, but shaken. He said he, he had to shelter in place at the UPS there in the same parking lot. He had a front row view of what Good Friday looks like when innocence and love seem overpowered by evil in a King Super's grocery. He said, Tom, I just can't stop thinking about those people who are supposed to be coming home with the week's groceries, and instead they're not ever coming home again. Given the weekly, almost daily occurrence of gun violence in this country, we live in a Good Friday world. If the story the angels tell is true, 
then Jesus is alive, and that is why our lives have meaning now. But if their story is not true, then maybe Shakespeare's Macbeth had it right. How do you say it? Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. Life is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Macbeth can pass for wisdom when you come face to face with gun violence in a grocery store. It seems as a, it's a good Friday world because it is. I won't dwell on it today because you know it in your bones. The power of Good Friday, it shows up in a virus. It shows up in systemic racism. It shows up in violent fire and storm and our resistance to treat the earth as God's gift rather than our own possession. It shows up in gun violence. The power of Good Friday is relentless. But the story of the angels is that it's into just this kind of world, this Good Friday world, that resurrection happens. And if he's raised in this world, then we ought to be able to see him. Harvey Cox, he taught religion at Harvard, no easy thing. He spoke of his own experience of the resurrected Christ. Harvey Cox said, I was surest about resurrection, oddly enough, when I was locked up in a southern jail during the civil rights movement. And there I listened to my black and brown brothers sing at the top of their lungs, we shall overcome someday. Harvey Cox says the Spirit of Christ was alive in that jail cell. That's how we see him. The thing about the resurrected Christ is that the risen Christ moves about this world the same way the earthly Christ moved about this world, not in flashes of glory and power, but in ordinary time, in an ordinary flesh. A, a common thread in all of the resurrection appearances stories is how common they were. The women, they leave the tomb. He meets them on the road. Greetings, he says, greetings. Mary, she thinks she's the gardener until he calls her by name. Cleopas recognizes him when they're having dinner, having paused their journey to Emmaus. Peter's fishing, spots him on the shore. They have breakfast on the beach. Frederick Beekner says, Jesus never approached from on high but always in the midst, in the midst of people, in the midst of real life, just ordinary. It's been a hard year, one like I can't remember myself. I'm sure there have been harder years, but it's been a hard year. But the irony is, I don't know that I have ever as clearly seen the risen Christ as I have this year. 
In the face of Good Friday, we have witnessed moment after moment of the human spirit of human kindness and love resurrected in our midst. In a gesture repeated in every city and seen over and over and over every day here, this is Dr. Joseph Varon embracing a patient, a COVID patient, on Thanksgiving Day to remind both himself and this unnamed patient that love is real, and even in the face of COVID, it's real. And it looked like the risen Christ to me. And here's protester Patrick Hutchison. On his shoulder is a wounded counter-protester at a Black Lives Matter protest this summer. When my hurt becomes the source of sympathy for your hurt rather than the justification for your destruction, it looks like the risen Christ to me. And I've seen it in you. We know how many people are hungry in this comfortable community of ours. And so you donned your mask and you collected food and you packed it and you shared it. And the Christ who, who said, when I was hungry and you fed me, well, the risen Christ shows up both in the hungry and in those who feed the hungry. And I saw the risen Christ again in some of you this week as you reached out to our pastor and friend, the Reverend Roger Nishioka. Roger lives just a few blocks from our sanctuary here on Village on Mission. He likes to walk to and from work. Some of you, recognizing that it's a Good Friday world and that, it, and that Asian Americans are being harassed and even attacked for the unholy reason that they're simply not white. So some of you reached out to him and said, we'd like to walk with you. Can we walk with you to and from church? It looked like the risen Christ to me. That happens when we decide that the story of the angels is the story that will shape our living. There have always been two stories for this day. Some say the disciples stole his body in the dead of night for whatever reason. Death is death, and that's it. They believe that life is a tale told by an idiot, signifying nothing. But others choose to trust that story first told by the angels, and then by the women, and then by generation after generation after generation of faithful Christians through the ages who have chosen to let this resurrection story shape their living. And when they do, the risen Christ is visible. Resurrection means life beyond the grave. But first, resurrection happened in this world. And it still does. I've seen him. You have too, haven't you? Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe 
Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.